0: What well we were due to have a podcast together, but I thought what better way to end the year than a Demon Slayer podcast? So much has happened this year with our relationship, with this ministry, with all of us together. We've all been posting on YouTube. We've all been posting on Facebook. We've all been traveling, seeing revival, seeing a move of God. Our pages all have grown. We've all helped each other with that and put in the hard work. And so I just want to thank you guys for being on here. I'm excited. How's your guys' year been? What's been going on with you guys? I guess we can just start rolling here.
1: Man, it's been absolutely amazing amazing this year has been a year of great uh, cross-pollination you know um, never in all the years of ministry have i worked together with other ministries to really promote the kingdom of god so this is a year learning a year of learning a, a year of great experience for me meeting you guys or at least uh working together and collaborating in the kingdom so to see how much more we can do together as opposed to individual has been life-changing for me so i'm excited about what God is doing in 2022. So yeah, yeah, unity. Unity for the first time I actually experienced it. I'm excited and and it's a beautiful thing. So good.
2: Mike. glad. To take it, you, Vlad?
0: Yeah, you guys go ahead.
2: Mike, go ahead. Yeah, you
0: know I you know I was thinking about like, <laughs> it. Warmer <laughs> over there
2: where you are at. So.
3: <laughs> I'm I'm a little burnt already. I'm in Florida right now, but um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this year's been crazy. I was, I don't want to be like Debbie Downer, but it was one of the hardest. It was one of the hardest years of my life, but also one of the best, you know? And it's just like when you put it back to back, you're like, it's the biggest wins, the biggest, but also the biggest giants. So um, I I think I'll forever look back at this year as like a real pivotal time. And I know a lot of people watching right now probably feel the same way. So I had to escape New York to get to Florida to celebrate it.
0: And you're here with us live. And I'll say this, a hotel room has never looked so good. I mean, you got the bouquet hotel room, the blurred background, the nice camera. And so thank you to your wife and your kids for letting us borrow you guys. He is on vacation in the hotel room with the nice camera live streaming. I don't know how you have such good Wi-Fi, but man, thank you so much for the sacrifice. And Vlad, you're also not at home and you're over here. Thank you, Alana, for letting us borrow Vlad as well. Um, Where are you at, Vlad? What's going on with you? How's your year been?
2: where i am at it's showing in the background right now i am in a freezing uh, <laughs> freezing freezing area in uh, right here actually <laughs> germantown town. The in or what yeah i'm uh, in siberia <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> but i'm also i'm also in a hotel and stuff so if this uh, the does not look the same as before it's not as good as butterflies but um this year has been incredible uh, for our ministry, it's been also a stretching year where I feel like we stretched um, and uh, with so much stuff that the Lord used us to do. But the word that I had, um, I think toward last year from the scriptures where Jesus says to the disciples, launch into the deep, you -hmm. know, and I really felt like that was the, that was, this was the year. And it started with, you know, launching into the deep when it comes to fasting. But it was later on that Isaiah, I remember when you came, to our Wednesday night, and you really just unloaded this whole YouTube anointing on me, and uh, man, I, I didn't sleep that night. And after that, I was—I would say that this year took a change for me because then I started streaming. So last Thursday was my fortieth stream. Come on, and I started posting, and we went from like fifty thousand uh, subscribers to two hundred thousand, and just like the whole world changed for me media-wise. Whereas I was focusing on like YouTube, Instagram, and no Instagram and Facebook and TikTok, and I just kind of started to focus on that. I've seen so many people's lives being changed and stuff. So um, I'm very thankful for um, all of you guys in the chat, and then all of you guys, uh, Alexander, Isaiah, and Mike, for the investment that you have made into uh, our ministry and into my life as well. And Isaiah, especially for um, uh, speaking and and sharing and not being, um, you know, afraid to share ideas and Um, strategies uh, with us and encouraging us to grow and so it's been really amazing i even have some pastors from overseas that are reaching out and they're like the kind of dynamic relationship that you guys have when when they watch our broadcast and the fact that you guys you know honor each other the fact that you um encourage each other and you want others to succeed it's very rare and it's very precious
0: so good and you know i wanted to also say as well this last year has been you know we're kind of just recapping going over has been incredible but let's talk about the deliverance revival this is like you know I look at guys like you Pagani, I look at guys like you Vlad that you guys for years have been plowing when it comes to deliverance and again I won't I wouldn't say I've been plowing for years for deliverance I would preach on it here and there I've done it since I got saved it was never like a major thing until the end of 2020 for me I'm just saying for me personally and mm-hmm. then starting to teach on it and like going on teaching on it for almost a whole year and then starting deliverance Network last year in December we're on our one year anniversary now and seeing what God's done through there I in my mind I think about guys like you Vlad guys like you Pagani and I'm like this has to be an answer for prayer for you guys because for so many years you guys were in the trenches deliverance cast out demons and it's like no one was jumping on board right at least probably it feels like that right and now come on let's talk about this in the chat now we have this deliverance revival that has really happened and I think we've all touched on prophesied about that I prophesied that in January there'd be a deliverance revival some people said oh your word was too general but in my mind there's been a deliverance revival it's like now all the churches and I thank God that all of us are a voice to the body of Christ in America right we're national voices where when we say stuff churches thousands of churches end up talking about what we're saying that's it's great God has given us that platform and I appreciate that it's awesome but all of us now have seen this or I guess helped ushered in this deliverance revival and seen people get free like never before where deliverance is no longer and we're still working at it and I believe it's still going to be greater in 2022 but deliverance is starting to become no longer this taboo like oh that's for the church over there we don't do that but now I'm seeing pastors that wouldn't touch deliverance with a 10-foot pole yeah. are like tell me about it. Teach me about it. And let me just say this and I'll toss it to one of you guys. People that have been in church for years are now like, I got delivered. I didn't even know I had a demon. I didn't know I needed deliverance. So I have seen a, if I could mark 2021 in my mind, spiritually deliverance, revival, deliverance, awakening. Like you see the charismatic revival in the nineties, you see the healing revival in the, in the eighties and nineties, um, early two thousands. There was a big, charismatic revival going on but there's never really been a deliverance revival where that's kind of been the spearhead but now we're seeing deliverance on the forefront no and the religious people don't have a choice they can't stop it they're so mad because they're like how could we stop it you can't we're just we're going for it we're preaching about it we're sharing about it we're demonstrating it and i believe it's going to be even greater i believe tonight many are going to get delivered and set free so talk to me about that guys as well the deliverance revival you've seen am i am i off on this or you guys also have seen this real like hunger for deliverance this year You
1: know, um, one of the things that I've seen this year is um, because of this digital revolution, you know, at least for me, I never thought that social media would be the platform in which, you know, this message of deliverance or this reawakening of deliverance would be literally riding upon. Um, But Mm -hmm. the great thing that I've noticed um, this year is um, not just for us that it brought healing. I've been connected to at least all of us have been connected to other Older deliverance ministers that've been pioneering it for like thirty years. Come on. Mm-hmm. And when they connect with us, I get the mm-hmm. same message over and over again. Um, number one, because they're not uh, in tune too much with like social media, they themselves thought that they were alone, and then they mm-hmm. find us on the internet and they go, "Oh my God, how long has you guys been doing this?" And I go, "Well, we've been doing this for, like more than ten years." And then it brings healing to their heart that this mm-hmm. this this isolation, this wow. you know this I. Elijah syndrome of being in the cave. Lord, I'm the only mm-hmm. one out here doing this. And then the Holy Spirit tells them, you're not the only one, Elijah. There's 7,000 out here that have not bowed their knee. You know, so I've been able, at least we have, on my end, to connect with um, older seasoned deliverance ministers. Let's just use, let's just throw a name out there, Bob Larson, you know, a general mm-hmm. to deliverance, you know. I don't think he would have mm-hmm. ever even ho- known who we were had it not been for social media. I don't mm-hmm. think, because he, you know, and not just him, but just other seasoned saints 30 40 years in deliverance you know i've connected with people that come out to our events saying man i've been doing deliverance since the late 80s you know and to see you young men doing this now it brings joy to my heart that our work was not in vain and god, and to see god bring healing to their isolation and to their you know uh, all, all the all the um you know the bumps and the bruises and and you know the sweat and the tears that they had to pioneer that path so that we can do it and then this next generation You know, it's a beautiful thing to see this, the previous generation that preceded us, you know, be healed and to know that their labor was not in vain, that there's another generation that has taken up the mantle and is perpetuating and continuing this message and this revelation of deliverance. It's amazing to witness and see. So
2: good. I think it's it's incredible. The fact that we um, have taken something that was hidden uh, because there's... There's quite a few churches that are doing deliverance, but I think that through the live streams, through us posting about deliverance and talking, we gave everyone else almost like a permission. And on, I don't want to, you know, give more extent more uh, credit to us than we deserve. But at the same time, almost like a permission, where people started to get um, fired up, not ashamed. Uh, TikTok started to just blow up and the amount of requests we get now for deliverance, because we have uh, in-person deliverance once a month, and then we also do once a month online. And the moment we finish digital deliverance service, by the time we finish, we have 2000 invitations already for the next one. The demand wow. is through the roof. It's it's just incredible that people have been suffering. People have Say that. somewhere deep on inside they knew that has to be more to this than the flesh. This has to be more to this than uh, my chemical chemicals or um, you know like issues with habits. There has to be more to that. People people that are stupid. They might not have theological degrees, but they they, they feel it. There's something is something is not there. Something is not normal. I mean, even people in the world they know that. And so I think that us giving a voice, giving a vocabulary to it, giving a terminology to it, and then giving a way of solution um, is is a blessing. I mean a testimony that I shared uh, today or yesterday uh, on, on uh, my TikTok, where Angela, she came to our, we had two large, um, like on a large scale deliverance conferences, one in Portland on Hol- on Halloween, and then one in Seattle in on April. And Angela came, uh, she's an uh, older lady. She was um, sexually molested and sodomized at the young age, I think age of f- f- five or six, very young age. And then because of that, demons entered her. And later on, she started to get involved with witchcraft and and other um, things. She came, didn't think that she had demons. You know, she had all of these problems, but she didn't think demons were her problems. And so during the prayers, we started to pray. uh, Demons started to manifest and, you know, a spirit of death, and spirit of witchcraft and other demons came out. She goes back home. And mind you, she had a problem, eight years of sleep apnea. She had to sleep with the machine on every single day. Otherwise, she will you know, suffocate or she will die in her sleep. And then she also had 20 years of allergies and asthma. This is documented. She has medical reports for that. She has medicine for that. And she goes back home. And for some reason after delivery, she doesn't feel comfortable putting on the sleep apnea machine. And so she decides to give it a shot just to sleep for a little bit for uh, some very short time and just test her body. She goes to sleep and, you know, she sleeps through the whole night, wakes up in the morning, feels rested. Uh, the next day she does exactly the same thing until she goes to the doctor and they pretty much say, hey, you don't need this machine anymore. She's completely healed of asthma, completely healed of allergies. And, wow. you know, she went for, for to encounter God. She gets delivered. And then through deliverance, she also experiences healing. And when I look at people like Angela, and there's hundreds, we have thousands of those testimonies. We can be here till next week if we start mentioning all of them. This is who this is all about. It's about those people that have been forgotten, who have been neglected. And I think that through all of what God's been doing this year through deliverance, making deliverance more mainline and bringing that revival to the ministry of deliverance with helping those people. I think God is happy. I think the devil is mad. And I think that a lot of hurting people are getting delivered. So good. So good. You want to to
0: touch in on that, Mike, at all?
3: Yeah. I mean, listen, for many of you guys who have just gotten to know each one of us, we all have our own origin story. Um, You know, I was actually trained by Apostle John Eckhart in deliverance in the late 90s. And I think back now, he probably was like my age or younger then, And he was sending teams in all these local churches teaching deliverance in the late 90s in Chicago region where I lived. And so for me, it's like it became a normal thing. It was like, yeah, of course you do deliverance. But what's funny is at the height of the pandemic during the lockdowns, that's when I felt, I heard the Holy Spirit say, uh, do deliverance online, cast demons out of people over the internet, use your phone, blah, blah, blah. And at the time, I remember thinking how crazy that thought to me because um, really, you know, a lot of my social platforms are only a couple of years old because I kind of had this long season of not really going after social, not caring about it um, and just just plowing in person. So it was like 100 percent of the ministry I did happened in person that's how i looked at it and the only thing the internet was for in my mind was sermon clips you know or stuff that happens but i didn't think about actually using so i remember so here's this is the wisdom key from 2021 that i got being lonely doesn't bring the right friends to you operating in your purpose does wow so the thing is, like, I was lonely. I felt like I, I have a church that hit fastest growing church in America category three years in a row while doing deliverance, while seeing medically verifiable miracles. And I'm like, I felt like a loner. I was like, nobody gets our wine skin. Nobody's doing church the way we are. I'm launching all these campuses. And I was like, I'm doomed. I felt like I was doomed to be alone. And then wow. it was funny because when 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 the Lord told me, go online, I, I remember thinking and this was only during lockdown. So it was just a year and a half ago, the Lord was like, do deliverance online. So I remember waking up that day thinking, all right, I'm going to do it. And whatever happens, happens. Little did I know you guys were already on the internet doing it. But it just goes to show you, I had heard of some of you guys before, but I had somehow never, like I laugh every time I think about this. I had only seen Vlad's relationship content. Wow. So like what I knew of Vlad was he 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 was a great preacher, he had a great word about relationship. Somehow the algorithm never served me. You know, that's how little I paid attention to the internet, wow. you know. So then when you reached out to me, Isaiah, and we started that relationship, it was like I did have that moment where I was like, wait, this is a thing? I, th- Come on. I thought I was so original. <laughs> Um, but it just goes to show you like that wisdom key is like being lonely. That doesn't bring your true friends, the
0: right ones. It's operating in your purpose. When people you need to hear in your that purpose, people need to hear that The right
3: people will come. Oh, good.
0: Yeah. I think there's a lot of people in the chat that have gone through a lonely season, a lonely time. And we all hear this. From people all the time is like i'm the only one i'm the only one doing deliverance i'm the only one casting out demons i'm the only one laying hands i'm the only one that believes for revival what i've come to find is if you do it long enough by default you'll find people doing the same thing you're doing like you just find each other and so don't be discouraged if you're in the chat tonight don't be discouraged it might take time but god's gonna link you up with the right people that's one of the reasons why i felt that the lord had me do the deliverance network is because people can link up with other people that are like-minded same spirit that are going after the same thing that have a passion to set people free and they can connect with those people and so i think social media is a great place i also want to say guys all of you in the chat were reading your comments this is live q a as well this tonight we thought okay we're not just getting on here just preach to you guys we want to have conversation we want to talk maybe get vulnerable with you guys and be more than just what you see on our pages i uploaded 400 videos last year so if you want to see preaching (laughs) vlad uploaded several hundred we've all uploaded hundreds of videos you can see all that on our channel but i want to be able to answer your guys's questions personally to us so the the chat is open for questions i have some already down that people have asked and then i will copy and paste some and then they can also throw some but i wanted to also for me again get vulnerable just kind of talk about what i've gone through this year is one of the lessons i've learned is not to worry about what people think about you or what people say about you you know i think for so many years i always would say I don't care what people think. But then as I'm preaching or as I'm sharing or as I'm going through comments, I'm like, oh, I hope that pastor liked it. Or what did that person think about my sermon? What did they think about that message? And the Lord revealed to me, like, you do care what people think. And friend, I will (laughs) tell you, it is an incredible thing to get delivered from the opinions of people. And I believe tonight God is going to deliver many of you from the fear of man. Here's the thing. You only have room to fear one person so you either fear man or you fear god and i chose in 2021 especially because you know the platforms are growing all this stuff's happening people are making articles videos it's just inevitable if you start growing online but i'm like lord at the end of the day god's the one that's going to judge me so if we spend our lives worried about what everyone's going to think but god then we're going to end up empty y'all and for many of us i want you guys to think about this in the chat we worry about what is my mom going to think? What is my dad going to think? What is my coworker going to think? What is my pastor? But when have you stopped and thought, what is God going to think about this? Like, what is God going to think about this hobby? What is God going to think about the movie I'm watching? What is God going to think about the way I treat my wife? What does God think about what I watch online, what I'm posting, what content? So my goal has been to among many other things, be a God pleaser, be a God chaser, not a people pleaser. So, you know, Proverbs, and I'll give you some verses I stood on this year as well. Proverbs 29, 25 says, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. So guys, in the midst of a pandemic, where's the safest place to be? Trusting in the Lord. Those that trust in the Lord is safe, but it says the fear of man lays a snare. In other words, it's a trap. If you have the fear of man, it's a trap. It's a trap you can get stuck in for years. And let me, let me show you guys this real quick. Think about some of you, the job that you have. You went to college to be a nurse, a doctor, politician, not because you wanted to be a doctor, politician, nurse, whatever it was, but because you knew that's what your parents wanted. That's what your spouse wanted. That's what your husband, that's what your coworker wants. That's what your pastor wanted you to be, right? So you become something because somebody you want to please someone else and you live this trap of trying to please people. But I speak over you today that God yeah, is cool. delivering you from the fear of man. Let me show you what Paul said. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. For I, he says, for, am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? And this is what Paul said. If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. So he said, look, I'm not looking for approval. I'm looking for obedience. So for me, guys, and you guys can touch on this if you want as well. Like I just, I had to get delivered from what people think about me. I had to get delivered from the fear of man realizing I'm going to stand before God on judgment day, not people. And I promise you guys in the chat, you'll not survive 2022 in the destiny that God has for you. If you fear people, I think we got to get delivered from, what is that person going to say about me if I do this? What is my pastor going to think if I believe this? What if what if I share this video? What are they what, what are they going to say or if I get this job, you know, my family step out of the boat. If God's called you to start a business, Who cares what your family's gonna think? They already think you're crazy because you're a Christian. Start the business. And this is not just in your church life. This is every area of life for all four of us. I could say and speak on behalf of all of us. We had to get uncomfortable this year. We had to step out and do something we're not comfortable doing. I am not comfortable in front of a camera, y'all. I I mean, I kind of am now, but it's still like, I would prefer to be in front of a crowd of people, but God is like, Isaiah, you have to step out. You have to get delivered from. And I even know to this day, guys, I have pastor friends that barely talk to me because they're like, oh, you're just a live streamer now. You know what I mean? Like you don't preach like you used to, you don't go to the church and there's like, they don't know what to do with us or what to do with me. And in my mind, God keeps saying, do you want to please them or do you want to please me? Do you want to please them or do you want to please me? And so that was a big lesson I learned was getting delivered from the opinions of people and worrying about what people think.
1: You know, um, mine is similar to, to yours a little bit with the opinions of people. You know, in First John chapter 3, you know, it talks about three levels of maturation. The Apostle John writes it at least twice. He says, I write unto you children, and then he said, I write unto you young men, and then I write unto you fathers. You know, um, I've entered into a place of fathering, and when you, when, or when you enter into a place of more maturity, at, at least in that realm... It says you have known him since was him who was from the beginning which means mm. this w- when you enter into that that third dimension of maturation y- you enter into a realm of knowing and when you know you calm down come on you know like, you like you 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 calm down so what i've learned is that i know what god has called me to do and because of that i learned to kill them with silence I kill the antagonizers with silence. it doesn't affect me. you know what I'm saying like it used to affect me, but i i I'm in a place of knowing like there's nobody that can unconvince me about deliverance so Come i'm on. not even in the I'm right. not in the place of trying to prove deliverance i'm I am in a place of knowing, and because I know it actually it doesn't make me more zealous. it actually calms me down so when i so when the comments come or, you know, whatever the case may be, I just kill them with silence. It just doesn't affect me at all. Like, I'm like, oh, OK, OK, that's what they feel. OK. And I just kind of keep walking. Now, when I'm in now, when you're in the level of young man, I write into young when you are on the second level, where it says I write unto you, young men because you are strong and overcome the wicked one. The young men are known by their strength, which means mm. if you're in that second phase of young men, you're gonna try to prove something. You, I gotta prove something. I gotta prove something because I, I wanna prove to everybody I'm strong about deliverance or whatever it is that I believe God has called me to do. And amen, amen. But when you enter into the realm of knowing, which means I've seen way too many people get delivered for me to turn my yeah. back on deliverance. On. Yeah. I've seen way too many. I see way too many people have generational curses and their lives yeah. absolutely changed for me to like renounce it you know so so the comments at least on social media now here's where isaiah threw me into this shark shark world because i i was like mike pastor mike i got on but then i didn't really like get on because i I got a church to oversee but then now i'm now i'm at the forefront of like getting online a lot so that what comes with that is all the trolls and all of that stuff and i'm like what What the heck is going on here? You know, so in the beginning I was like that young man, just, I gotta prove it. I gotta prove something. I'm gonna let them not get at me, you know, or make me stop. And then you enter into this place of maturation where it actually calms you down. Mm. Now I just kill them with silence. Like it doesn't even phase me. Like, I don't even know what they're saying. Why? Because I know him who is from the beginning. I know people get delivered. I know God is re reawakening this revelation of the Lord. I know generational curses are being broken. So I, I learned that. And now I do things on, uh, do things not on purpose, but because of purpose, which means I'm just, I'm just pushing, I'm just pushing, you know, um, and I'm just helping people get delivered. And now this other world of social media, it, it, like you, it just doesn't affect me. Why? Because you can't unknow me. I already know. See what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm a lot more calm now than I was at least two years ago. And I'm loving this maturation that God has got. So with that in mind, I'm able to release content never worrying about Come on. What the antagonizers are thinking, or would there be a reaction video to this, or that that stuff doesn't like? Get ahead, kill yourselves about it. Like I'm not gonna delete the video. Like I'm just gonna keep going. So I love this place of maturation that at least I've learned. So it's kind of like what you are dealing with, but in a different way. It's but it's the same thing. Like I'm just gonna do what God tell me to do, and like that's it. You know, and
0: just help people get delivered and set free. So good. What about you, Vlad? Mike, do you guys ever get that caught in that trap or what? Yeah. You, what is your...
2: I, I had it actually this year, uh, right before we had our conference in Seattle area, because we went to do a conference and we had a lot of restrictions, like we couldn't touch people. Um, and then we, everyone had to wear masks. And so, and we expected a lot of people to come. And I had some, um, a lot of... Um, How shall I say, where uh, a lot of the big churches, mainly Russian churches in Seattle area, started to uh, preach against us, mention Mm. us, uh, tell people that if they come to our services, they can get excommunicated from the congregation. So it was very sharp consequences. This wasn't just like, oh, Vlad is a heretic, but this was like very sharp consequences for people. And so it kind of got into under my skin. And we did the conference before in places like that. And just I didn't, I guess, care I was just focused, I didn't even, I wasn't aware. The mistake I made is I made myself exposed. Um, some of my friends who are my friends and who send me videos like that, I should have not even opened them, um, right. but they they got under my skin. And um, I remember I took a few days, I, I rented a hotel. I, I went there for prayer and mainly dealing with that so that, because what I did not want to do, I didn't want to go there and attack Christians. Right. I wanted to go and attack demons. Not to go and attack because I knew that this was the enemy's trap to get me become defensive and get me become a reactionary in this way. I won't drive yeah. out demons because I'm going to be busy trying to squash the brother next door, you know, a pastor or a Christian. And that's how David had to overcome the battle with his brothers who said, you know, hey, your motives are not pure. Why did you leave some few sheep? What are you doing here? Before he fought Goliath, he had to really be tempted to fight his brothers because It's always like that. We can't be involved in the spiritual warfare until we win the war, which is simply to walk away um, in the physical warfare with our brothers and sisters. And so, and the Lord really kind of reassured me again and again. And he said, you know, you're going to lose your anointing if you give attention to the war that your brothers and your sisters are trying to suck you in. And if you remember Luke chapter 9, verse 40, the Bible says the disciples could not cast out a demon out of the boy. And it's interesting that in few verses Uh, Down nine verses later disciples are prohibiting somebody else to drive out demons And so it's always happens like that is the people who don't do it become experts and they feel like they're given a policing authority to now tell everyone how and everybody should do it no your deliverance ministry is not legitimate why because you're not associated or because you are associated with this guy you brought this guy on your platform that means that you're no longer legitimate you're guilty by association and that's exactly this in the spiritual police of the ministry of deliverance when nine verses before that in luke chapter 9 verse 40 they couldn't cast out a demon so i found out that the moment something moves too quickly into oh, a in police, a lot of times it's because uh, there is already a lack of warfare. Why did the brothers of David fought David instead of Goliath? Because they didn't fight Goliath. And so I'm not right. saying, you know, defending our ministry and trying to make them look bad. What I'm just saying is that a lot of that criticism comes from the place of hurt or comes from the place of defeat or comes from yeah. the place of fear. And I think that avoiding and letting go and do what David did, just walking away and going slaying our Giants, I think that's the key. But to say that I have beat this and that I will never battle with this would be a lie because most likely in the next season where I'm going to be challenged with some other people. Like, for example, we had our conference in the Vancouver, Washington. And I was like, oh, no problem. No big deal. The problem is that I found out that some of the top bishops in the Russian culture are going to fly to that conference. I freaked out. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, what are they going to do there? Like, are they going to try to police this whole thing? But they actually genuinely came to see what God was doing. They were very supportive. They sent a very good report, but I freaked out again. And so I think that to me, it reminds me to stay humble and to remember that this is about God and this is not yeah. about me and to not react and not to respond in my sermons, but to use my message to help people beat the devil and leave those people who want to pick a fight alone.
3: So good. this. Well, you know, you know what I love about tonight is so many of the viewers remember the highlight clips that Vlad is referencing of seeing him preach in Vancouver and doing these different, but being able to hear what was going on in his spirit, in his mind is so valuable. You know, for me, I was thinking about this last year, the Christian, I want to be super vulnerable right now. The Christian community typecast each other. Mm -hmm. And that so when you're in ministry, people love to make you a one dimensional character. It's like, oh, you're Jim Carrey. So every movie you ever do is going to be funny or, Mm -hmm. you know, you're Sylvester Stallone. You're always going to play a tough guy. So when you're in ministry, you're fighting that typecast. And every single one of us are like, no, there's other things to us and who we are. And I remember this throughout this last year, I, I got this opportunity to do a conference with John Maxwell And just being real with you guys, when you're in the Christian world, if you're a leadership guy, that seems to hold more value than anything else. You know, that Mm -hmm. it's like if you're a leadership guy, that's the creme de la creme of like if you have a brand. And so I got asked to do this event as Mike Signorelli, the leadership guy. But I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm a straight up demon slayer. Come on. You know, this is what I do. (laughs) What am I doing here? you know, and and here I'm going to meet the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership guy, blah, blah, blah. And I got to spend some personal time with John Maxwell. And I told him that I said, you know what? I don't even know why I'm here, blah, blah, blah. And he looked at me and he was like, I believe so much in spiritual warfare that I have flown people to other countries wow to do spiritual warfare on my behalf before I do an event and he looks at me he's like I know exactly why you're here Mm. and it was a really cool validating moment for me because I hate the idea that people think that all four of us are exclusively deliverance guys and I say that because I don't I'm getting away from that and more and more I'm looking at it I do the ministry of Jesus like Mm. i'm carrying out the ministry of jesus in the earth and that includes deliverance even though so many other people have excluded it you know Mm. every single one of us in this chat or in this uh broadcast have medically verifiable miracles as we prayed for people but we wouldn't say that we're healing evangelists you know Mm. it's like we're doing the ministry of jesus as commanded by jesus uh, you know, we gave away over a quarter of a million dollars to provide for over three thousand people in five countries in the month of December alone. And I was telling my team, I'm like, to those three thousand people, we're benefactors. You know, you know, it's like, it's like you you are to the person that you give whatever you give. And so it's like when Jesus multiplied the loaves of fish and the bread was like it was like oh Jesus is a social justice warrior giving food and bread and it was like no he he's just doing that this time there's there's mm-hmm. a there's more to it and I, I think the thing that all four of us battled this year was breaking stereotypes yes. and being typecast you yes. know it's like and and oh, yeah. and was, I'll throw a curveball just to get the ratings up right now I, it <laughs> used to be where it used to be where if you did deliverance, you weren't religious. And the people who are religious didn't do deliverance. And what I noticed in this year, just because it's like God's shattering all these typecasts and these stereotypes, is that like the spirit of religion has crept into deliverance now.
1: And it's just like so it's wow. like it's
3: weird because I never would have thought that John Maxwell leadership guy would do spiritual warfare and being the intercession and deliverance. But mm. I also would never believe this many people who are into deliverance would have turned into like religious like bound by religion
0: folks, you know, so it's like I think everything is shifting right now. So good. Yeah. I I hope you guys have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with you. I think for me, there's a lot of people that I never imagined would ever be want to do deliverance or be in it are now open to it. And then I'm like, I think I'm religious because I never thought they would want to like I, I right. always thought there's a certain type of person or a certain type of ministry or you have to be like super radical or super passionate and now mm. I'm realizing you know and I preach like it's a ministry of Jesus it's not deliverance ministry I'm always saying that right it's like it's Jesus's right. ministry but then Jesus is like or God's been showing me like man so many more people as there are open to this than you think so don't just yeah. make this about a certain people group or like extra radical yeah this is the call for every Christian and so be open and ready to. To preach it and to share and to talk about it wherever you go and to get canceled for it to get people you know this year was my first year ever being had an event canceled days before because they were afraid of deliverance breaking out and i had to realize like there's going to be a lot of people hungry for it that want it and there's going to still be a lot of people that don't want it a lot of people that are like jesus will you leave our city you know trying to push him off because he's casting out demons at the man at the tombs and so i think we just have to be open we have to be expectant that God is gonna do a new thing. And I'm believing for 2022 that God's gonna do a new thing. I'm I'm ready yeah. saying, Lord, what do you wanna do in my life? What are you trying to say? Where are you trying to go? I wanna be open. You know, for me, yeah. I think at times I, I don't know if I have trouble being motivated, but I'm like, Lord, what do you want? I'm, I'm the guy that's like, I always want to be doing something new, something different. I'm like, I have to be doing something right. And so for me, I'm asking the Lord, I'm open God, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, Mm -hmm. like I'm ready, just send me. And I think, uh, if we're not in that place constantly, then we're not going to continue to grow. We're not going to see, we have to get out of our set ways. And so even in my mind, I'm like, okay, deliverance has to be this way. But then I'm like, no, Lord, however you want to do it, whatever you want to say, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to do, I want to step out of my comfort zone and for me another thing i learned and i want you guys to touch on this as well because it's something i want to just ask you guys personally was learning to give god my stress and anxiety like if there's anything i personally have battled in 2021 or ever in my life it's stress and anxiety and i've had to continually this year i've learned give it to god Give it to god i was thinking of a couple verses i stood on matthew 6 34 says therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself for each day has enough trouble of its own this is jesus guys this is going to set you free chat this is jesus saying why are you worrying about tomorrow like why are you so stressed about this has to get done and y'all are pastors so you have this at an even higher level it's like i got to get this done i got to get this done And this person has to get this and then this is jesus christ he goes he's commanding us do not worry about tomorrow tomorrow has enough has enough going on Don't worry about itself today has enough troubles like just worry about today so for me in 2021 (laughs) I focused on okay what is God doing today what do I have to do today I'm not going to worry about tomorrow I'm not going to worry I got to upload every day I'm not going to try to plan out all my videos and I found out without you know having to plan all videos weeks ahead of time and plan out content I found it so much more powerful so much more organic when I just worried about today and this is a word for Mm -hmm. someone in the chat and not living in the not living in the future because I found myself Mm -hmm. living in the future and I'm like okay in a week in a month in six months my channel my thing's gonna grow my family we're gonna go do this and this and it's always and I can't even I can't even enjoy today I can't even enjoy now because everything's about the future everything's about what's going to be and so I learned to give anxiety and stress to God uh Philippians 4 6 says don't be anxious about anything but in everything pray by prayer Mm -hmm. and supplication with Thanksgiving let your quest be known to God so for me anytime I'm anxious or I'm stressed out I try to replace the anxious thought with a prayer request so I'm like okay don't be anxious, the Bible says. So instead of being anxious about whatever I have to get done or whatever I have to do or whatever expectation I have to meet, I'm going to replace it by Thanksgiving. I'm going to replace it by a prayer request, Luke 12, 25. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to your lifespan? Yeah. Then you're not able to do a small thing. Why be anxious about the rest? So this is what I had to ask myself. And even ending the year, I reflect on the year and all that, like we all do, right? And I thought about mm-hmm. this Did anxiety add even a moment to my year? Did being anxious add to my year? Did it add to my content? Did it add to my family? In fact, I would say anxiety robbed my family, robbed my kids, Mm. robbed my wife, robbed my ministry because I neglected other things because of being anxious, because I was anxious about, oh, I got a stream tonight. And I found myself that. And again, I want to be clear. We're not talking about having you know an anticipation or that holy anxiety right where you're anticipating the stream i'm talking about letting anxiety and i'm preaching to everybody in the chat here letting anxiety yeah. hold you down letting anxiety stop you from right. doing what god's called you to do so like i'm anxious i can't do this because i'm anxious about for some of you flying you're anxious about being in an airplane yeah. you're anxious about being in the car you're anxious about what are people going to think you're anxious about what if it doesn't grow and so i started learning okay i got to give it to you yeah. god i got it i got it i got to it to realize it doesn't benefit me doesn't add and then i'll, I'll give this last thing and you guys can talk because i really want to ask you guys candidly tonight i've kind of always wanted to do, number one do you deal with stress and anxiety and if you do how do you deal with it but i i it comes down to for me first peter 5 7 cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you like it's mm-hmm. so simple i'm starting to realize and I'm, I'm 30 years old and i'm like oh i know what i could do with my anxiety because i know the chats gonna say well what do we do then you're saying don't be anxious he's like cast your anxiety on him because he cares. Like, do you realize the God of the universe he actually cares about what you're going through and he's saying look Isaiah I'm I'm actually care I actually care about the fact that you're anxious right now I actually care about the fact that you're stressed out right now so here's what we're gonna do you're just gonna give it to me like you could give me your burdens your anxiety your fears your worry and just keep casting it on me and I'll take on so I want to tell you if you're in the chat man and you're anxious about covid or you're anxious about the end times or you're anxious about I need to get delivered I'm anxious I'm, I'm stressed out because I need to get this demon what Whatever it is God is saying to you tonight in the spirit just give it to me just cast it yeah, on man. me and friend it will change your life if you get this because I I've spent too much time in my life worried and anxious and people say well do you struggle with anything honestly if there's anything I struggle with it's anxiety it's stress like being worried and many yeah. of you're like I never would think that because of how you are but man God has been showing me like you got to get over this. You got to give it to me. And so that's a lesson I've learned this year is giving God in the midst of growing for me, obviously for me, this has been the biggest year ever when it comes to growth and ministry and all that. And so for me, it's yeah. just constantly casting my anxiety and stress on God. You know, here's
1: where the people, and and, and for those of you in the chat room, don't worry, we're going to get to your questions. You know, yeah, okay, I have some I'm written mean, down already. Yeah, yeah. What happens is, is that we're pouring out our hearts to you so that you guys can see that even though you guys look up to us, we're just as human as you guys. We deal with our own set of stresses, our own set of responsibilities, our own fears and our own struggles and stuff like that. But I I, I would say this, you know, is for those of you that are watching that anxiety is probably the burden of the reformer. Like every reformer deals with some sort of anxiety. Even when you read books like God's Generals and the generals that are gone by that are considered pioneers to this day. They dealt with... They had their own demons they had to fight. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying yeah. like demon in the sense of you know like demonization you know or an oppression but they would they had bouts with depression which was not like demonic at that time some of it might have been demonic but they jonathan edwards had had bouts with depression and you know smith wigglesworth had he had some sickness that he was carrying even though he was healing people he had his own sickness and stuff like that so we have our own struggles you know but for me anxiety i well number one i deal with anxiety as well but my response was a bit different because you know, I'm pastoring a, a church of about 250 people. I have, listen, you know, some of you don't know this because I, I don't share this much frequently, but I have five churches under my covering. You know, like real right. churches, you know, adult pastors, not young pastors, like legitimate Churches, you know, and the burden of what the Apostle Paul said that he said, the burden of all the churches, the weight of all the churches, Mm. you know, is on me every day. And I have to like present myself to God. But here's what I've learned, at least for me in 2021 is when I get anxious, I delegate for me. Mm. When I get immensely anxious, I realize is that I'm carrying more than I'm supposed to carry. And then I'm surrounded by great gifted people that I need to just pass this off to. See what I'm saying? So I learned to just this year that if I don't know how to do it and there's somebody on my staff that kind of knows how to do that, I'm just learning that I don't have to carry the baby all the way through if I'm not sure exactly what I'm doing. See what I'm saying? I just learned to just delegate to people in my staff that can get it done. And then I kind of just learn it along the way. My number one fear was that I'm. I'm I'm covering these people, and in a particular area, I might not know what I'm doing in that area. What are they gonna think about me that I don't know what to do in this area? You know, that was my primary burden earlier this year, and I just say, you know what? I can't fake this, man. If I don't know it, I don't know it. Like, who am I trying yeah. to impress? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm yeah. sure that they know that I might not know this, and I just been I've just learned to just delegate that what I don't know to others that do know and I find that they've gotten it They've gotten it done and they actually did it better than I would have Come done on. it. And I find that mm. this burden of anxiety of, you know, I don't know how to do that, you know what I'm saying? It's gone and it allows me to be effective in what I can do, you know? I learned to get delivered from the anxiety of trying to be the man with five talents. I've embraced that I'm the man with two talents, except that <laughs> I'm gonna do those two talents as faithful right, and as hard ten, as I bro. can do it and reproduce it. I'm okay with not being with five talent guy, but I got people under me that are the five talent guy and my job as they're covering is yeah. to facilitate and to nurture them and to take them to the next level. And guess what? So when I'm helping them maximize their gifting, my anxiety goes out the window. Like my anxiety goes out the window because I'm too busy birthing in them. We birthed two churches and we're about to birth more churches this year. And my, I have no time at least in this, moment in in where where I'm at to worrying about what they're thinking about me because we're too busy helping them get their churches to the next level and if I don't know it I don't know it and the anxiety kind of goes out the window because I've learned to just delegate to people who can help me and who could probably do it for me and who could probably do it better than I can and if anything I'm learning with them in that process and I'm not as anxious as I would be before because for people like us that have people that we're managing, you know, at least in one area, is anxiety went away for me when I learned to just delegate that particular responsibility. And it's been absolutely amazing. At least at the end of 2021, I'm not dealing with anxiety at the moment. I know 2022 is gonna be absolutely amazing because I have an amazing team that will help me fulfill those goals that God has uh, placed in my hands so good
3: well i don't know if if you guys have struggled with this but it's kind of in the same vein i think 2021 i experienced that moving target disease where the target is constantly moving you know and here's the thing i was joking i was joking with isaiah about this the other day it may have been yesterday about how I'm about to hit 300,000 followers on on Facebook, but I'm like mad that I only have 20,000 subscribers on YouTube. And it's like, <laughs> and, it, and it's funny because I was the guy who didn't even care about social media a year and a half ago. Yeah. And now Isaiah's, I'm blaming it partly on Isaiah. I'm blaming it on He's God, because I didn't star. care
0: either. I didn't care about any of that. Vlad was like, you never post online. <laughs> yeah, well, but, but you know, like,
3: but I say that because none of us here out of us for our building audiences, we're building an army and it's Come the on. army of Christ. Come on. So none of it. us care about audience. We care about army like we're generals trying to equip you, train you, release you. You, you hear that in our heart. And so um, but I say that because it's the paradox of progress where mm-hmm. it's like you're living in a reality significantly better than anyone you've ever lived before, but it mm. it feels less than before. And that's the paradox of progress. And it's a weird thing because it's like everybody watching this right now is like, I want to know my purpose. I want to know my purpose. It's like, listen, you know, what's harder than finding out your purpose is being content while you're in it. Wow. Because it's that, like we're actually living it out. And it's just like, you you know, mm-hmm. right now we're celebrating 200,000 subs. Vlad's already figuring out how am I going to hit a million, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's like, and it's, it's a weird thing. So I think what God does, and this is what I've seen, he takes you on a journey so that your character can sustain the weight of the success and increasing glory and it's just like for for me that that journey it's like i've learned throughout this last year you know my wife had to have a surgery like i'm literally doing broadcasts where people are sending me medical verification of ms being healed multiple doctor releases cancer disappearing all that and then my wife has to have a major surgery and she's laid up in the bed it's like one room there's a broadcast happening where people are sending me doctor's reports Mm -hmm. and then uh, in the other room is literally my my wife wow. laid up in bed. So it's like that when you, when you deal with that tension and you're like, I don't understand this, I'm still going to pray, pray the prayer of faith. I'm still going to believe. Uh, but you're experiencing like sovereign God. It's just, it's just fun. And I think that's something that for those of you who are watching, it, you know, you, you've got to become resolute. Cause one thing I love about these guys, Alexander, Isaiah, Vlad is they have made their mind up and it's like, you're hearing the feelings behind the scenes, but Vlad felt the way he felt when he heard those bishops were on the way, but he still teed off one of the most epic sermons Come I've on. ever heard him preach. You know, mm, Isaiah okay. feels the anxiety, I know I watched it, I was straight up shouting you down, foaming at the mouth. <laughs> Isaiah feels the anxiety, but he's still, none of you knew that because he's preaching and teaching through it, blown up his channel. You know, Pagani's leading all these churches, and you wouldn't even know it because he's debuting all these different features to his stream and innovating. And it's like, I think the consistency is like Noah was human, but it didn't stop him from building that boat. Come on. You know what I'm saying? It was like Moses was human, but it didn't stop him from marching right up to the Red Sea and say, I'm going to watch this sucker part. And I think what I've learned in 2021 is like, we feel the same thing you all feel. It's just, we do it anyways. Come on. and I think that's, that's the story of Abraham. I literally wrote that down today. Come on. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not like we're exempt, but that's the story of Jesus. He was tempted in every way, tested in every way, challenged in every way, but he still went to the Via Dolorosa. He's like, I'm I'm going to take the cross. So I think for, if you're watching this right now, your 2022 is not the change of your feelings. It's the change of your resolution. Like, I, it's not that, ch- it's like, I'm going to do it anyways. That's, that's when you start to see the fruit. So good.
2: Well, I think that, Isaiah, thank you for sharing that, beginning that. Because I actually was, when I was reflecting today about this year and honestly, like almost half of the things that I'm remembering of what I learned this year had to do with stress. And I, I looked over it and I was like, man, that's that's not spiritual. And I'm I'm trying to find some kind of a deliverance thing that I learned, not much. I mean, I've had a lot of testimonies, but, uh, but overcoming this and then hearing you guys sharing that is, is very encouraging. Even the statistics says that 61% people in the United States have reported experiencing undesired weight changes since the pandemic. 42% yeah. have gained more weight than they intended. And on the, on the average 29 pounds, same thing with sleep. 67% people have said that they are sleeping more or less than they wanted since the pandemic. And so alcohol, 23% are drinking more alcohol to cope with their stress. I mean, we know that among the uh, millennials, the highest, uh, Cause of death now is not COVID, it's it's suicide. People just despair of, of life and they, they quit the social distancing. You know, it was supposed to be physical distancing, not social distancing, but it turned to social distancing. You know, we're not supposed to be alone, and so all of that loneliness, the the craziness in our politics right now, the all of the those challenges have really caved in. Now, for us in ministry. It's been a crazy year for me uh, in a similar way with all of the changes that are happening. And I found myself uh, being overcommitted in a lot of areas, um, being overworked and also being overwhelmed. The um, mm. cause of my, um, some of my stresses have been the fact that I've brought some people on my team who were not supposed to be there. And I felt like I was hemorrhaging every single day and I couldn't stop. Because I uh, thought that, hey, I'm going to change yeah. this. And it brought, I didn't realize how bad hire or um, wrong hire can actually deplete you spiritually, emotionally, mentally. I found a uh, time that the ministry started to grow faster than me, where I wow. felt like I was behind and the ministry was going faster than me. And um, and I was keeping up with all the fires that were being started. And I just little, I felt like my, my job was to be, to be a firefighter. I was fighting all of the challenges and sometime after the fast, the Lord started to kind of um challenge and, and it's throughout the year and I'm still learning, but a few things that I kind of wrote down is that the biggest thing that I've learned this year is that mm-hmm. um stress is not something I can actually remove. As long as I'm alive and as long as I have any responsibility or have anyone looking to me for help, support, direction, leadership or I am responsible for providing, I will have stress because before yeah. I try to remove it, I try to pray it out, I try to break the spirit, uh, commend the demon, and just commend everything to go. And I realize that there is no way to remove it. I just have to learn to master it and I have to learn to manage to That's manage good. it. And my biggest secret has been to choose good stress to combat the bad stress. So mm. the good stress for me is waking up earlier to pray. Because it kind of adds a little bit of, of stress. That's good stress. Good stress is getting yeah, on the yeah. treadmill. Good stress is before going to sleep instead of scrolling through TikTok to read through you know, maybe 20, 30 minutes. And that, that's stressful to my flesh. So realize when I inflict stress already on my flesh intentionally, it fights off and wards off bad stress. And it's been honestly the, the, the key and the secret. The other part has been is this year is not to be driven but to be led. Yes, I found yeah. out A lot of things that I have done or have participated in, I was driven into those things by external forces, right. um, a fear of uh, missing out, fear of I want to be relevant. I want to, you know, I want to take every opportunity. I want to go through every single door. And right. a lot of those, when I right. took a moment to pause and I let those feelings surface and I found out they were not Holy Spirit at all. They oh. were me. I worked myself into that. I overcommitted. I overworked myself and I became overwhelmed. I was pretty much the architect of my own stress. And most of that was Mm. not chemical. It was not demonic. It was choices that I myself participated in. And so if you look in the Bible, you will see that we are commanded to drive out demons. God doesn't drive people. People are never meant to be driven. So if something is Mm -hmm. driving you, and I know that in our culture, you know, we're driven by success. That's actually really bad because the only thing you should be driving is demons. You should be driving out demons. You're supposed to be leading people and God leads us. The Bible says the spirit of God, he led Jesus, those who are led by the spirit. So if you drive a car, you lead your children. And so if you are driven by something, that's a first sign you already lost touch with the Holy Spirit. And I started to examine my heart and notice that I am not in the pace of God's grace. I am in this grind of my own conjured up and these, these goals that God has very little to do with. And I am wow. the architect of, of that disaster. So when I started to slow down and I realized that I don't have to go at the pace of somebody else. I don't have their gifts. I don't have their past. I don't have their, their challenges. I have to choose the pace of grace which is the pace of peace, which is the pace of being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And the big thing that what I found my drive from is actually competition and the comparison. Wow. Comparison to somebody yeah. else is really the source of my drivingness. And I'm reminded of this, this year. I reflected on two, 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 two people in the Bible, John the Baptist and King Saul. John the Baptist, somebody comes to him and says, your numbers are down. Your subs are down. Your views are down. Your attendance is down. And actually, there's somebody else. His numbers are up. His name is Jesus. And by the way, you baptize him. Wow. And they're pretty much provoking John That's into good. creating the whole a word strategy. right there. Yeah, they're saying, "Hey, John, create a strategy. Come on, we gotta, we gotta back, we gotta release a video on Jesus or something. We, we gotta take Jesus down because if we don't take Jesus down, we can't go up." And I love what John says. And I've reread that, and I'm even having that in front of me right now. John said, "My joy." is that Jesus is thriving and I'm close to him. Wow. The fact that he never allowed his joy to be the source, to the performance and the numbers. And I think for us, you know, who are looking at numbers, who are looking at how many people are getting saved. I mean, we're we very honest with, we need to grow. We need to, we're responsible, but we have to be careful. I have to be careful. This is my test yeah. of not allowing someone else's success and blessing to create my unrealistic drive which would drive me into craziness. The opposite of John the Baptist is King Saul. You know, they sing a song. David killed ten thousands and Saul killed thousands. And instead of being joyful, you know, Saul is jealous. Instead of drawing closer to God, you know, he becomes actually demonized and he's trying to destroy David instead of Father David. And so that's been kind of my, my thing, my challenge this year of figuring out To stay close to Jesus and to remember that my joy comes from being close to him, not to how well I perform. The other component I'll mention is, and that's been huge and I'm still learning. I asked Pastor Mike even to send me some material on empowering right people. I've empowered people, but I've empowered people out of desperation and empowered the wrong people sometimes who did not have the capacity of removing my burdens, but actually adding to that burden. And I found every time in the Bible where, you know, Moses delegated where we see... uh, you know, Samuel, he delegated the, the responsibilities to Saul and Saul was the bad choice and it brought hurt. He wept. He was grieving all the time. But we see, for example, disciples, they had problems in that church with, you know, complaints, but they delegated to the right people and those problems, they stopped. And so that's been my source. And I'm hoping that next year is going to be better. Uh, pruning. And that is saying less, saying uh, more yeses than noes. As of right now, I actually declined every invitation next year and just kind of made a decision that I'm going to stop traveling because I need to find my healthier rhythm. You know, vacation mm. doesn't solve a bad rhythm. A vacation doesn't Bridge. solve a bad routine. It doesn't solve a very chronic, horrible mindset. It doesn't solve that. It actually puts a band And I feel like I need to pull back to spend more time in prayer, more time in fasting, and get that some of that rhythm of rest back. And two more things that I wrote down that I started to practice in the last um, – few months is actually reading and running because reading for me for the mind it stretches my mind I don't want the ministry to outgrow Vlad I want to grow you know God's job is to grow my YouTube God's job is to grow everything else my job is to grow me and if I grow me I believe God will take care of the ministry and the other part is my health if I am not healthy uh, physically Then I know that at the end of the day, there's going to be a lot of um, stresses that will be connected. Like it's interesting when Elijah was depressed, God, you know, he asked him to, he pretty much prepared food for him and told him to sleep. And then he gave him a fresh vision for his assignment and then took him to a quiet place. And I feel like if you're a leader, if you're a Christian and you're going through that, like that we're sharing, take them into heart and may God give you a specific direction to your situation so you can walk in rest and take Jesus's yoke, which is easy and this burden that's light
0: so good and I I wanted to add to what you're saying even like you'll never find true joy true peace and things that are superficial you're always and I've come to realize this you're always going to be reaching if I only could reach this milestone if I could only reach and I tell people all the time I don't feel any different from, say, the following I have now and I go to sleep at night. I feel exactly the same as when I had no following, when I had no. So you're always, you guys watching are always like, if I could just get this job, if I could just get this following, if I could just get this finance, if I could just have an income, if I was only like Vlad, if I was only like Pagani or Isaiah or Mike and I had, you know, X amount of this or X amount of that. Friend, the only place, listen, when I tell you this, that you're going to find true joy, True pleasure, true satisfaction, and true peace is in the person of Jesus Christ. There is no other place to find it. And so we're always, and all of us are are echoing the same thing. We're always chasing after, if I do this or this or that, I'll find some type of peace or rest or joy. But it's only found in Christ. And so we have to continue to. Pursue the Lord, pursue his presence, pursue prayer. And then one thing I wanted to say that I've learned this year, again, another lesson I've learned, and we're all thrown in lessons we've learned is, I get to instead of I have to. So this is something all year that's played in my mind. And I've said this on my stream a few times for those of you that are like been in all my streams. It's like, I get to, not I have to. So instead of saying like, and I used to think like, I have to preach, right? Like, I got to get on live and preach. I got to go travel and preach. I got to go to the airport. Now I'm starting to say, I get to go to the airport. I get to preach. I get to go live. I get to pray for someone. I don't, I don't have to pray for people. I get to pray for people. I don't have to drive demons out. I get to drive demons out. I don't have to spend time well You need to spend time with your wife and kids No, I don't have to I get to like I'm privileged to be able to be home with my wife and kids I get to do it. I don't have to mow my lawn. I get to mow my lawn So what it does is it changes your whole mind It changes your whole life when you start thinking and being thankful for everything I have and I was gonna be like This is cliche and cheesy. This will change everything when you realize Everything is a privilege like my health is a privilege. My family is a privilege Everything I have is a privilege like I was thinking about it because I just paid some of my taxes and I'm like I was I was so mad. I was nauseated by how much taxes, you know Self-employed we have to pay and you know, those of you that have income where you don't have a business I'm not on salary by the way guys at a church So I don't have like a w-2 and I was like wait a minute I get to pay taxes and I'm like, I mean I told my wife like we should be excited about this because you know, we Some people don't have any taxes to pay and we get to do this. So we have to get to this. I had to get to this place where it wasn't. I have to, because before it's like, I have to go live. You know, it's Friday. I have to go live. It's Monday. I have to go preach and like, Oh, I got to get up early and I have to go to the airport. I'm just, I would drag my feet at times. And this is just the human side of me. I'm sharing with you guys. And I'll just say this about tonight i look up to preachers and people and whatever whatever world it is you look up to people and i would i always think like i would love to just talk to that guy i would love to just hear his struggles i would love to just hear what he went through this year so i love this because not only do i get to hear from you guys but i think the viewers that are watching are like man these guys are human they don't just float around all day long praying in tongues and so i feel like for me there's been an attitude adjustment in my mind and i'm i'm guys i want to say this in front of everybody in front of you guys I'm a million miles away from where I want to be. I am not even close to where I want to be in my mind I'm like okay evaluate yourself honestly don't think you're better than you really are is what Paul said right don't let your reputation exceed you don't be the church of Sardis where it's like Isaiah has a reputation but he doesn't live it and I'm every day and I want to make sure you guys get this every day going Lord I want to be a better husband I want to be and I I argue with God I battle myself going I want to be better I want to pray more I want to read more I want to be a better husband and a better father and I want to do more with my kids I want to do more outside just the live stream and I want to do more in the church and I'm always every day not never ever thinking oh I've arrived I'm Isaiah Saldivar I'm this man of God I have all the answers if you guys know me I never feel that way I'm always like I'm uneducated I'm unqualified I don't know anything you know and I'm, i want to stay in that place of humility because it keeps me hungry it keeps me wanting more from god and so for me man i'm not anywhere where i need to be i'm not at all now am i openly in sin no am i up watching pornography at night no am i out cussing no am i watching crazy movies no am i intentionally sinning? no so don't get it twisted thinking oh see i told you i was and sin. nothing like that but when it comes to spirituality in my relationship with god I'm just like man I feel like I'm so far from where I want to be I need I need God every single day I wake up guys and I'm like Lord I need you today like if you don't show up I'm gonna die I need your presence and power and so I want to go into 2022 for me with this mindset of like man everything's a blessing every live stream is a blessing every time I get to preach is a blessing every time we all get together on here is a blessing you know guys I want you I want you all to think about this how many guys do we know would give one of their kidneys to be in a group like this to be able to get on this with 4,000 people watching right now you know we have this friendship we have this group text we have this we could call each other anytime like what we have is so valuable it's so special and i don't want to just take it for granted going like oh yeah it's just you know we go live and whatever people just show up no it's like man every person matters and so for me it's just that attitude of gratitude i know for some of you're like it's cliche it's cheesy but i think it's real i think it's real and i think it's really what people are going through so i don't know mike if you want want to touch on any of that or Pagani, anybody wants to jump in. I know I'm always hogging the mic. You
3: know, I just want to say, I've got this awesome memory for this year and it's actually you, Isaiah, down in the pit in New York. There's, you know, we, we filled this crazy venue and I, 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 kind of took over and I was doing the mass deliverance part and I looked down and I'm like, where did Isaiah go? And I see you like huddled over this woman, just casting demons out of her. And that's when it, dawned on me that because we're the type of people who will do for one what we'll do for a thousand Mm. you know what I mean it's like there's this where there's and then I have this other memory where um, I'm walking down the street and it's like we we had done one of these streams and me and, you know, Apostle Bagani had some carryover conversation. We're laughing and I'm playing his voice memos in the deli and the guy making my sandwiches like, what in the world are you listening to? And we're just kind of like ministering to each other. And then, you know, when I came out to Washington, it's like, where's Pastor Vlad? And I look over and he's casting demons down. I'm like, You know, and and it's but that's his local church and he's just doing ministry to somebody in his local church. And I guess for a lot of people, there's a lot of clout chasers out there. And I think the lowest common denominator about us is whether we're standing under a bridge, you know, uh, in in New York City, casting demons out of people during a flash flood, which I did, <laughs> or I or Isaiah like flew out, you know, he's in New York. I fed him like four pizzas, and then he gets down in the, the pit, and he's like ho- just holding some woman that he's never met before, while there's a thousand, there's fifteen other people, fifteen hundred other people waiting. Like, there's just something about. I think there's something about each one of you guys that you're so anchored, in. and it, what, here's what I think it is. The way that Christ loved you as an individual mm. and found you in your mm. mess, in your situation. I, I've seen you guys this last year minister to the one the way that he ministered to you. And that that's because I feel that when I interact with you guys and um you understand the value of one life so you're entrusted with hundreds of thousands so and good. there's something about that that you can't escape and i you know and so i think one you know whenever you have a digital revival or you have a digital deliverance revival you're always going to have like the unintended consequence right like so when you have the first century church you're always going to have the sons of skiva right and so there's definitely that clout chasing thing in the kingdom right now where everyone's like, oh, I see what Isaiah is doing. If I get the same camera as him and I do and if I stream at the same time and, you know, it's like you you kind of I see what Vlad's doing. But I think like what I've learned from you guys is like and like, like Vlad said, you're not driven by some metric of success because you Come don't on. have an orphan spirit. You're led by the Holy Spirit. And you're doing what he called you to do and you're you're responding to god's voice you're not reacting to the void that orphan spirit and i i think you know like for me i didn't know there was digital deliverance the lord literally told me to do it and i think that for a lot of people in 2022 if you're watching this right now if you're making your calendar don't put your own striving in your calendar don't put your own human effort in your because it's like I've operated out of striving. I've operated out of, you know, that's where I think the panic and all that stuff settles in. And it's like, well, if I pull this lever, my channel grows. If I do this, this grows. And it's like, that becomes striving. But it's like, just one idea from God will cause you to accomplish more than a million of your own ideas. So there's something I think, for us, it's like the, it's like, that striving, we really killed that off this year, and we really had to work on that. I think a lot about um, how the Bible talks about circumcision of the heart and it it, Mm -hmm. you have it talks about circumcision because it'll regrow you know what i mean it's like a perpetual Mm -hmm. process that we have to go through of like okay i hit this level i hit this status how do i prune it back harder how do i how do i circumcise deeper this time knowing that that stuff's going to grow back and and so i think for you isaiah it's like seeing you down in that pit was like i'm going to become more accessible the bigger my platform goes you know Mm -hmm. i and and, and then, you know, uh, Pagani, you you know, hitting me up the conversations you've had. It's like, I'm going to become more accountable, not less. Good. I'm going to get more wisdom, more strategy. For, I'm going to have more oversight. And it increases. It's like there's something about that to me that, that that's the narrow path that nobody wants to walk. Broad is the so way of good. destruction, but narrow is that path. And I think for all four of us, I've watched you guys walk that narrow path and it's been convicting So good. <laughs> it's been convicting
1: <laughs> okay so here, here's what we're gonna do for those of you that have been patiently sitting on by waiting for the q a moment what we want you to do is um begin to write your questions i have a couple um, written down too from the chat yeah so just But what we want you to do is, if you're gonna ask a question, just put a question mark in the end, or maybe a Q in the beginning, so that way we know that you're asking a question and not making a statement. You know what (laughs) I'm saying? And um, just whatever's on your heart and on your mind, if we can answer it, uh, we'll try our best to answer it. You know? So um, we we're gauging the chat room. So far, we've been gauging all of our chat rooms, and some good questions are coming in, but. Um, Also, we want to say is please don't get offended if your question doesn't get selected. We have thousands of questions coming in. We're trying to navigate through all of them and just kind of select a a, a couple of them. So just continue to ask it. And as you type it, um, copy it and then paste it and then throw it back in the chat room. So that way, if we don't see it, you could kind of keep asking. All we're asking is don't spam it. All right. So don't spam it, but just ask it. We want to we want you to be able to ask us what's on your heart, what's on your mind. Um, And we're going to be an open book with you guys today. And the floor is yours. So, uh, Isaiah, do you have any good questions coming in in so far?
0: And guys m- make sure they're not too specific like when are you coming to preach in chicago those are not kind of questions we're asking make sure they're <laughs> more general um ask questions so first one yeah. is i want to start an online ministry do you guys leave any advice for me starting online ministry now we all should say a little bit something here because we all have online ministries and we all do this full time so uh anybody want to start this off you the guru, Isaiah. <laughs> you guys are all going to look to me. So I would say uh, it takes a lot of work. Be consistent. But if you're brand new, this is practical, okay? So if you're waiting for a spiritual answer, if you're brand new, you have no following. And let me just say one thing before I say that. I know someone in the chat earlier was saying, oh, this is secular. It's not about numbers. It absolutely is about numbers. And I'm going to tell you why. Because your unsafe friends and family are in that number. So the reason why the Bible says, and 5,000 were there, and 3,000 were there, and there was 4,000 yeah. there, is because our goal is to get as many people in the heaven as possible now if our channels were about technology numbers don't matter why it's vain but our channels are about reaching people for God so we want more people to hear the gospel so for those of you that are like it's not about numbers um don't be a hater okay so for me I would say if you're brand new if you don't have a platform and I don't want to get too nerdy and go into algorithm all that's not what I want to do Make a TikTok, okay? Make a TikTok. Your best chance of being recognized, getting followers, viewers, building a platform, an online church, whatever you're trying to do is making a TikTok. There's never been a time in history where you can literally make a video and the algorithm will show hundreds of thousands of people your video. So I personally don't like TikTok. I don't go on TikTok. My brother posts all my content there. But I will tell you, it's the best platform to reach people. It's the best platform to reach new people if you don't have an audience. If you already have an audience, I'm already, I'm gonna preach YouTube. YouTube. You already know YouTube's the best place, my favorite place. But if you're brand new, make a TikTok and start sharing the gospel on there. 60 seconds, 15 seconds, share your testimony, and people will see your videos regardless. So I know people that are in their 60s that I've told this to, and they're making videos and they have thousands of followers, and they're 68 years old, and she makes videos encouraging people in God. So yeah, make a TikTok, um, put the time and the effort in. Don't think that God's just going to do it. That's a lie. You're like, I'm just going to make a video. It's going to be terrible lighting, terrible camera, terrible thumbnail, terrible everything. And God will just make it grow. You got to put time in. You got to put work in. Start on TikTok and go from there. That's the general way I can give it to you. Uh, It's a lot of work. It's not for everybody. But yeah, that's the best place to start.
1: I would say if I could give you some advice is know your subject matter. All right, know your subject matter, which means if you're going to talk about something, Guys, it's not just I'm going to get on, turn the camera on, and then the Holy Spirit's going to do the work. Now, at times he mm-hmm. might do that, you know, as you engage in conversation with your audience, because you're not mm-hmm. preaching at them. You're engaging with them if you're doing it like the way we're doing it, you know. But I would say nothing is more frustrating than listening to a conversation of somebody that has no idea that what they're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So you want to be able to at least know the subject matter. I mean, you don't have to be a scholar at it because people might not necessarily listen to scholar. As a matter of fact, scholar videos are the least frequently watched. But engaging videos is someone who's able to understand the subject matter and able to give the point in and not just go off in a tangent in many different directions. Stay on the subject matter. Know the topic. You don't have to be a complete expert about it, but at least know what you're talking about. And that way your viewers can engage and understand your coherent sequence of thoughts. Just don't assume that everybody that's listening is ignorant. There's some people that are going to listen to you that are mature in the word. You know what I'm saying? They're not just not saved. You know, don't just only focus on like not saved people, there's gonna be safe, like if I'm listening to your broadcast, I'll I, I, and I do listen to people's broadcast, you know, make some sense, you know, you don't have to be an expert, you don't have to be like a guru at the, the, the broadcast, but know the subject matter that I could walk away saying, man, I actually learned something listening to this brother, like this was a really good broadcast, I know he's new to it, but man, I learned something about something, why? Because we're all learning. We all learning on social media. Just my advice is, learn the subject matter. Believe it or not, you think that we freestyle? No, like we have we have notes in front of us, and we're we're dialoguing. But there's notes in front of us, and we're kind of releasing what we prayed about, what we studied, and we're giving it to you guys.
0: So subject matter is important and crucial. So good. Okay, I have a really, really good one for you guys. This is very good, especially for this group here. How do I bring up deliverance to my pastors and encourage them to do deliverance? You guys have heard this a million times. I want to see deliverance in my church. How do I bring it up to my pastor? Um, What what do you guys think about that?
2: I would uh, probably ask for permission to be on Isaiah's map first uh, before going into telling. The question is coming to your pastor and saying, hey, you need to do deliverance. Um, he will right away feel like, mm. oh, I'm not doing something right. But if you come and say, hey, I've been That's watching the deliverance. Will I have the permission? Can I do that in our church? If people from our church will come, can I minister to them? And, you know, and would you give me some feedback afterwards? You know, because the moment you come in is, hey, I'm an expert. Isaiah my yep, apostle. Right. Um, and that's it. I got it. I got Demon Slayers as my covering, And so I'm just letting you know that you all need to watch Demon Slayers. Then, of course, a lot of people will be hesitant. But I think if a person comes like we have people, um, Isaiah on your map from our church and and they did the same the same thing, even though they know that we're friends. But they come in and say, hey, we we want to minister. We we have more time. And um, is it OK if we you know go on that map? I was like, of course, let's go. Let's serve. And so I think that if you approach that way. Most pastors will not have a problem. Um, And if pastors will have a problem and they tell you not to do it, then you do have to obey Jesus and you need to do it. But if you come and you don't want to do it, but you want your pastor to do it, then your approach is wrong.
0: So good. Anything else you guys got? I would say come with humility. Be humble. Don't go up there and say, this is what the Bible says. Why don't you do this? Ask him humbly. You know, why is this not practiced? Um, and are you open to practicing or open to seeing God do it? Or what do you feel about it? That's the best way. It's like, what is your stance yeah. on it? Um, here's another one. These are Some of these are hard questions. Is there a proper way to leave a church that you feel led to go? I guess a better question would be, what's? The, how would you guys want to see someone that's leaving your church and they feel like god's leading them somewhere else what would be the best way to do that or you just have people in churches right now listening let's just be honest the church doesn't doesn't have the holy spirit they don't do deliverance they don't pray for the sick there's no repentance there's no altar calls like and they straight up don't want to be there what's the right way to go about leaving i know i'm throwing hard ones at you guys but you said <laughs> we said ask questions and they're asking them so um what do you guys think you know what's,
3: you know what's funny is i preach one sermon a year about how to actually leave our church i actually preach a sermon a year that tells you that if you're going to leave our church here's how you do it uh i because i think it's a healthy conversation assignments change sometimes even when you're in a good church your assignment changes your season of life changes whatever but it all comes down to how you exit is how you enter Mm. and if you exit a rebel you enter the next church as a rebel If you exit rogue, disconnected, uh, preferential, unsubmitted, you will bring that into the next church regardless. So I would say uh, to, to evaluate yourself at the same level you're evaluating the church because usually wow. what happens is you're evaluating the church the wow. church leadership and you're never evaluating well what's my level of commitment how am wow. i serving do i take notes during the sermon am i actually here to learn what is the value and what's being said or a lot of times in charismania you have people that put their yeah. agenda on the pastor like well the pastor should be preaching about this or this so it's like I always ask people evaluate how you're going to exit is how you enter. Matter of fact, the other day, this the couple Sundays ago, I had a guy come up to me at our noon service, and he was like, Pastor Mike, he was like, I went to my pastor this morning at the 9 a.m. asked to be released. He formally released me, and now I'm asking you if you'll be my pastor. And (laughs) I was like, Well, that's a little messed up.
0: They ring it as done in one hour.
3: But at least what I appreciated from him is that it was a dialogue. There's a lot of people that are slipping out the back door silently, and it's because they don't have courage. And if you truly, you know, I I put it like this everybody's Holy Spirit tells them to come to a church, and somehow everybody's Holy Spirit tells them to leave a church. But whose Holy Spirit tells them to stay? Mm. And so it's like I, I do challenge people in that as well, like to try to discern it um but ultimately i think it should be a conversation it should be a dialogue it should be like vlad said uh, an evaluation like hey pastor what do you see in me i want to go to this what do you think a lot of times as a lead pastor and i say this to all of my pastors that i train under me most the time when people do finally have a meeting with me they even even when they pose it in the form of a question it's a statement Yes. So it's like going to meet with your pastor before it's actually a statement. And it's a real question. I would also suggest that, but all those things combined will create health so that you can transition and graduate instead of be demoted. It's good.
0: good have Any thoughts on that? No? Okay. What do you guys think about people who constantly need deliverance? I call this deliverance addiction. Um, what's your guys' thoughts? I guess I could just say for me, I'm I'm an advocate for deliverance. I'm going to tell you, keep getting more deliverance. Go get more right. prayer. Exactly. But I'm like, I don't think you can get enough because deliverance is just prayer. <laughs> but I think, I do think, and I do see there's certain type of people, and I don't want to label people or anything like that. There's a certain type of person who, after getting fully delivered, still thinks they need more deliverance. And it is it is an unhealthy thing to always think you have a demon, even if there is no demon there. And so for right. that, I would say, take a couple weeks of disciplining yourself. Take a couple weeks of prayer, of fasting, take time yeah. off from deliverance, right? So maybe say, okay, for the next month, I'm not gonna go for deliverance, I'm not gonna go for prayer, I'm gonna fast, I'm gonna pray, and I'm gonna see, maybe this is a discipline issue in my life, maybe there's laziness in my life. You know, if you're up till two in the morning every night, surfing the internet, Don't be confused why you keep falling into lust. Like that's not a spirit. That's just bad habits. That's bad discipline. So I would say evaluate that because it can be unhealthy to get 10 deliverances and to still think you need more deliverance. You need more deliverance. So yeah, I would say if you're legitimately addicted to deliverance, um pray that god would deliver you from a deliverance addiction but yeah i would say take take some time off don't be don't just only watch deliverance videos only think about it take some time to be like okay let me look at some other areas maybe my prayer life let me watch some videos on prayer let me watch some videos on fasting let me watch um and then see if i still might need that remember guys demons dominate demons superimpose himself over you so when you have a demon you're gonna know you have a demon Oh, I don't want to say that. Let me rephrase that because a lot of people have a demon, don't know it. When you have a demon, there's going to be certain symptoms that show you a demon's there, um, that you that you know you have a demon. So I would say the deliverance addiction is real. It's not super common, but maybe uh, do some other stuff to see if it could help. What do you guys have to say? Go ahead and contradict me, guys. If I'm if I'm wrong here, tell me. Like, no, I don't think you're right. I I don't have no problem with that. I would say.
1: in agreement with you. Let me go back to the whole idea of how many deliverances does it take and when do you get to the point of um, where the person doesn't get any deliverance. I look at it like this, because I used to think like that. You know, as a pastor, you know, one of our primary uh, functions is we look for disciplined lifestyles. So when a person's getting continual deliverance for the the average pastor, we get frustrated very quickly. Like, here you are again, you know what I'm saying, getting deliverance again. Like, what is it that you're doing wrong? You know, until one day, the Holy Spirit literally gave me this analogy. At what point does the emergency room stop taking care of people if a person comes in daily? That's
0: good, that's good.
1: Well, even if a person comes in, if a person cuts themselves, at what point does the emergency room say, "Okay, Alex, you cut yourself again today? We're not going to serve you. Go sit over there and bleed to death like it it never happens. See what I'm saying? The emergency room will always take you in. Now, eventually, when the person comes in, a psychiatric evaluator will come in and say, come here, Alex, I think we need to have a conversation with you because you're here every day so when it comes to deliverance worker when it comes to how many deliverances does it take to get somebody delivered well you don't determine that the holy spirit does you keep helping them get delivered you're the emergency room now when the time comes that the hospital says you know this guy keeps cutting himself every day this is his fifth time here this week every day Mm On that fifth day, the parakletos, which will be the psychiatric evaluator, will come in and begin to say, OK, we need to sit down. Now, here's what I learned as a pastor, you know, what I'm saying, at least in New York City, you know, when I find that someone is looking for attention, you know, because there are people that, OK, there they go again. Yep. They need us. They need some attention. Well, guess what? I'm a pastor. I'm going to give them attention. Come on. I'm going I'm to give them attention. I'm a pastor. So it, Even if they're doing it for attention, like a child that's acting up to get the attention of a parent. Well, what is the, a good parent? You know what they'll do? They'll sit down with the. So when I see somebody, let's say, presupposing, trying to do it to get attention, at least now in this phase, 18 years in of serving as lead pastor. You know, I just sit with them and I go, What's bothering you, my brother? What's really bothering you, my sister? And sometimes I find that a five minute conversation literally removes the feeling of voicelessness or whatever it is that's there. So it's both. Number one, uh, never get tired of helping somebody because Jesus said, He that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. So there's no, there's nothing, there's never a moment we're not gonna help help somebody. Mm. But then there's also a moment where we need to tell somebody, Go and sin no more. Like, just go and sin no more. You need to fix this. So, we don't want you guys to be like, I'm done with somebody. No, you're never done with somebody. But then there's a moment where you're not never confronting somebody. You got to confront somebody and say, hey, just um, just be open to do both. But both are absolutely crucial and needed. That's what I could say about that. So good. I usually oh,
2: encourage. Very, very good. Thank you, um, Isaiah and Alexander. Very good. I, when I used to go to uh, minister in jail, uh, the security guard told me there, he says that People who are in jail, they're, this is not their first time, and it's most likely not their last time. And I don't know, every time when I do Ministry of Deliverance, I almost feel like it's a similar approach. Hmm. In fact, statistics says 76% of people will return back to jail. And and we do see a common. and it's one of the attacks that actually Ministry of Deliverance receives, is that it's the same people that are manifesting. And there is a certain truth uh, to that. Um, and I think that some people have in the United States, especially they have the root causes are abuse. And if they only get deliverance, but they don't get um, healing for their soul or they don't seek help when it comes to their abuse, then a lot of times these manifestations will continue until either the person gets stronger or until um, there there's going to be healing that takes place. And so taking time off from deliverance and dealing with some of the soul wounds after you receive deliverance is also good. Uh, In my uh, Fight Back book, I mentioned uh, four Ds. It's the devotion, it's discipline, discipleship, meaning being surrounded in a local church and exercising dominion as a way to um, walking in your deliverance because God's goal is not to get you delivered God's goal is to get you victorious and sooner or later sooner or later you will have to use what you receive to begin to walk in your victory and it feels like a lot of people see deliverance as a goal and they fall short of the original intent of the way God created humanity and that is to give us dominion and to give us victory to give us authority and so I think that if you're walking um, in the deliverance that you've received and you begin to work with it um, then there's going to be that time where you will receive that complete deliverance. It could happen, Be it could be in a meeting or it could happen uh, individually, personally, privately.
0: So good. That's, good. That's good. Really good. Lots of questions. Listen, guys, I know you guys are like, they're not reading the questions. I'm reading every single question coming in, but there's thousands of people commenting right now. So we're human we can't get to every question i'm just taking the ones that are coming in over and over and i'm making the general ones that are again being asked like 10 times by different people um this is a really good one because i don't think i've ever talked about this and it's a very real thing and i think we we need to address it and again obviously you guys know these are all all, pretty much every question coming is about deliverance which is good it's okay um someone said how do i overcome the fear of deliverance and this is guys i want to say this because this is a genuine concern i don't want to be arrogant i don't want to be haughty and say you need to stop being afraid of it because people really are afraid of deliverance. And I would say to overcome the fear of it, you have to do it. It's the same thing of like how do I overcome the fear of skydiving or scuba whatever diving or anything crazy like that that could be thought to be scary if you ask anyone that's been skydiving they always say like it wasn't that scary it wasn't that bad i went once and now i'm not that scared so you have to just do it there's no other way really you're not gonna be able to psych yourself into it you're not gonna be able to convince yourself you've already watched your videos you know it's jesus ministry but once you get into a deliverance and you realize the authority and power you have you're going to realize it's not scary. You're going to realize it's not, you know, there's nothing to be afraid of. The demon's not going to jump off the person. Of course, good Bible teaching, good knowledge is going to help you because you're going to realize, okay, watching deliverance isn't going to get me a demon. Doing a deliverance is not going to get me a demon. The demon's not going to jump off them onto me. All these things you might be afraid of are going to go out the window. But for me, I would say you just got to do it. That's how you're going to overcome the fear. And then once you do it, you're going to be like, oh, this isn't bad. And you'll keep doing it again and again. But yeah, you guys have any advice on that, overcoming the fear of deliverance?
3: Yeah, I would say for me, I actually took myself through deliverance as a teenager. So, you know, I'm watching John Eckhart stuff. It's the late 90s. He was on public access television. And I remember thinking, um, I'm going to wait till my entire family's gone and the whole house is empty. And I'm going to take myself. I'm going to just see what happens. And I'll tell you what, I I got to the point where I'm manifesting, I actually threw up in my bathtub. So it's like, I had this whole event that occurred, then it it was over, my family came home, they're like, hey, you know, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm cool, you know, because I was so introverted that I I think there was a part of my personality that was holding me back from deliverance. And so it was actually me going through like a self-deliverance, that was my Mm. first experience. Uh, So I would encourage somebody, I know, one of the, my most viewed videos in 2021 was a self deliverance video good. and i still get messages from people saying you know that 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 I, I went through the video i get dms all the time it helped me so much i you know i got so much freedom so i that might
0: be a suggestion is to actually go through that process so good i you think know one I'm person not, said I'm the not, fear of deliverance is is from a demon the fear of deliverance is is from a demon Right. Another thing that I uh, we want to let you viewers
1: know is a lot of these fears and concerns that are that revolve around deliverance. A lot of it is not actually really part of the deliverance ministry. That's just more like superstition. That that kind of circulates around uh, deliverance. So um, I, I would Great. say at least hearing from us that. Um, a lot of those concerns really doesn't happen. I've never had a demon transfer on me. I never had a demon like follow me home and attack me, you know, because of deliverance. Now the attack that I do get, believe it or not, and I hate to say this, is from church from church people. You know what I'm saying? Like other Christians, you know what I'm saying? Like, so the devil doesn't have to like attack me. But um, the idea of, you know, and, and it just depends on your cultural upbringing because, you know, I've heard some stories, you know, where some of this, fear of deliverance like it's not even founded in scripture and some of it is really extreme like i've i've seen deliverance sessions where people believe that when you're doing deliverance you got to close your eyes because the demon can get into your eyes you know what i'm Mm. saying like i've heard some really wonky like stuff that i go what like what no you got to open your eyes when you do deliverance like you got to see what's going on like what you talking about but these are legitimate um fears that i think at least plague different christian communities depending on the cultural context what i'm just saying happens a lot in caribbean latino african-american churches we have like these weird uh superstition version of deliverance that's like deliverance mixed with like voodoo or something I, I, superstition i don't know what it is but i'm here to tell you we're telling you that um a lot of that stuff is unfounded you know like w- like watching a deliverance video is not going to cause backlash of spirits running up and down your house because you watch the video you know like that's not that's not true like that's not even biblical, you know what I'm saying? He, greater is he that is in you than he oh. that is in the world. It's See good. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. You know, Luke chapter 10 also says, Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and upon over all the power of the enemy. And look what it says. And nothing shall by any means harm you. So th- this stuff is, I-, I think, what you need to understand, at least for now, is if you trust us to be... Deliverance voice in your life. A lot of this stuff is not, it, it, it's, it's just superstition. Second, familiarize yourself with good deliverance content, you know, and that way you can learn about deliverance. And then you realize a lot of these uh, belief systems and worldviews that we have concerning deliverance actually were not even biblical and unfounded and not even true, that we've been fearful for nothing because it's never been like that. I've seen, and Isaiah has seen it, and Vlad has seen it, we've seen some of the most outstanding, spookiest deliverance sessions that we can't even really even tell you on screen. It's just some stuff. And let me tell you something, when I see that stuff, my eyes get a sparkle. I get excited. I'm like, yes, (laughs) a fight. Let's let's do this in Jesus' name. There's no like, oh, (laughs) overwhelming fear. If anything, Mm. it's overwhelming faith. There's overwhelming glory. There's overwhelming power in Jesus name. So it's not like the way we've been taught. Uh, a lot of that is just superstition and a lot of it is not real. Now, I'm not saying that attacks aren't real. I'm not saying that there's no backlash, but I am saying that the the, 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 the version of backlash and attack and the fears that we have, a lot of it is unfounded, unbiblical sensationalism. And maybe we would just flat out taught wrong by somebody who
0: doesn't do deliverance. It's good. So, it's good. We're going to do like one uh, one more probably because we've been live almost two hours. I feel bad because we got two guys on vacation that are here away from their wives on the stream with us. We'll do one or two more and we'll close it out. Um, personal ones here. What is your guys' favorite books of the Bible? I don't know why this question has been asked like 20 times. Uh, what's your guys' favorite books?
2: In the Bible? or yes. Other than the Bible.
0: What's your favorite book of the Bible? Can you guys hear me? What's your favorite book of the Bible? Like what's your... Uh, Okay. My favorite book of the Bible is the book of Hebrews.
1: That's Mm. my favorite book of the Bible, the book of Hebrews. That's good.
3: This is such a hard question for me. I I don't know. I I will say I did a whole series on the book of Leviticus once, and that was (laughs) insane.
0: Is it really Leviticus?
1: Yeah, I did Leviticus. Is that
3: really your favorite book?
1: leviticus is insane you know
3: what though like the the intentionality of god how much he cares the details of our life yeah there's there's a lot so wait, there on. so
0: is this official mike signorelli's favorite book of the bible is leviticus is that what i'm hearing right now i'm gonna now? go with
3: leviticus man wow,
0: wow. i would have never expect that the, I the, you know give me the hard stuff bro man. that's the book that's the book where everybody in their yearly bible stops reading is like in february <laughs> they hit leviticus and they're like we're done reading the dearly bible you wow. know i do a
3: whole month streams on Leviticus if I'm going to watch your stuff, dude.
0: I've never seen a teaching on Leviticus ever, so I need to check out I need to check out your teaching on that. Uh, what
2: about you, right, I'm going to
0: schedule it, 2022. Mine would
2: be, uh, mine would be probably First Samuel. 1 Samuel. Like David, my, like my two, the, the contrast, I don't know. It's, I, love I think you're going to throw me a
0: curveball and say Song of Solomon because we got Leviticus here. I didn't know if you are going to be like, <laughs> throw me a
1: curveball. Lamentations.
0: Yeah. Um, Lament, I would say yeah. for me is Revelation or uh, John. Revelation or John. Those are my two. Those are my favorite.
1: Well, mine is Hebrews. Pick. And if I could pick another book, actually, believe it or not, is the book of Deuteronomy. As crazy wow, as that sounds. Wow, you guys, I need to get in that Between yeah, those are, yeah. two books are my favorite books. But I, my my main favorite book is the book of Hebrews.
2: Okay. And you know what uh, I'm saying? My favorite book is book of uh, Prophet Isaiah. Thank you, bro. <laughs> I'm, wait, I'm
0: waiting for someone in the chat to say that. <laughs> I do like the book of Isaiah, but I would say revelation is, uh, am I weird for having the book of revelation? My favorite is I bad. I'm like, maybe cause I just did a teaching on it. I'm into it right now.
2: I would say, I, I thought you would say book of acts cause you're teaching book of acts now, but
0: yeah, I like the book of Acts, but yeah, Revelation or John is my favorite. So I'm going to do I'm gonna do speed a couple of these because uh, is wearing pants, makeup, jewelry wrong? No. How do I know if I have the authority to do deliverance? Because the Bible says you have the authority. How do you know if you're ready to do deliverance or do I just jump in? You just jump in. I've been given a prophetic word for a man of God. What do I do? You need to just live for God and it'll automatically come to pass. How do I know if I receive false tongues? I have a condominium spirit can mimic the Holy Spirit. No. If you ask for something real, you'll never get something fake. So there you go. There's the top five speed questions. I'm going to call it there guys because we have been live for two hours and you guys have given me your time and you've been on vacation let me get some parting words from you guys ending the year anything you want to announce anything you want to promote anything you want to say before we close out last stream of the year here um anything they can follow you whatever you guys want to plug events you have going on anything like that go ahead mike
3: Yeah, you listen. I'm just so excited to be here. I want to personally thank you, Isaiah, for creating this this space. I mean, I like it's been amazing. I know that we were super gushy all broadcast today, but uh, it's just special. It's really special. And each one of you guys for inviting me into your world this last year, you have no idea how much that meant to me. And I was thinking, like, you know, what does 2026 look like for us? You know, Uh, come on. We're just from glory to glory. Glory. so anyways you guys can catch me on youtube teaching leviticus in 2022 <laughs> i'll be on.
0: there bro i will be in that stream i guarantee that it would be huge because no one's ever taught on that you know what i mean i would be in that i'm doing it i'll schedule be
3: in it dude i love it
2: <laughs> i am in it uh, guys uh, uh thank you again uh for joining us and isaiah how how many streams did we do together already a us. lot
0: a lot all four of us we've done yeah. i want i don't know how many maybe eight nine ten maybe um no not ten because we've been doing it once a month for like what six or, whoever in the chat could guess is gonna win something all yeah. right i don't know how you're gonna win yeah probably. There you, go.
2: you, you probably won't you'll get a high five virtual high five from us but yeah i don't know we've done yeah, a man, lot I was, though I was wondering as we were streaming today even today i was thinking How many streams? Because it's been a while. It's at least six, I think.
0: And guys, we have to keep this going because I see a lot of guys do this and they get together for like two months and then they break up. Um, I was going to make a joke earlier and say like, hey guys, sad announcement. This is the last stream we're ever going to do. But I was like, no, I can't do that to the people. I don't want anyone to have a heart attack. And then I get an email like, I literally had a cardiac arrest because you guys were canceling forever. Someone said eight, seven, ten, ten or nine. Um, six.
2: 37. definitely not 37.
0: Can we please, I need to do a video of funny comments. Cause I've had some comments tonight that have made me laugh because some people are just <laughs> weird in the chat, but yeah,
2: I've had some funny comments here. But, um, but thank you guys so much for, um, supporting and Isaiah, thank you for bringing us into your platform and bringing us into, um, into the grace that God has extended into your life. And so we really appreciate that. Um, I do have a um, a new e-course that I just released on fasting. I know a lot of people are um, next month if your church is, you know, doing a fast. And if it's not, then, you know, join ours. Or if you're looking for some good uh, teaching, and I'm excited to have uh, Pastor Mike and um, Apostle Alexander next year on the Vlad School um, for uh, very powerful, dynamic teachings. But you guys can check it out that and, and it's free of charge. That's the amazing part. And so um, other than that, just I'm really glad to be here and uh, really thankful for you guys. Awesome. Pagani, well, what's up?
1: You know, my all I'm going to ask you guys is, you know, I know it sounds cliche, but, you know, keep, keep us four in prayer.
0: You yes. know, our influence, yeah. our influence is really is great.